do you know how many intros I've just made? You wouldn't, but I think I've said hi, hey, hi, hello, hello everyone, hello everyone, happy Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, who knows what days I'm going to post this. Day, not days, day. Who knows what day I'm going to post it. But I've made so many intros, it just gets to the point where I'm realizing that I'm just stuck on perfection. So, hey, how you doing? Happy February. It is hot. I spoke about the weather in the last podcast and the podcast before that. Let's not even go there. I know what I'm talking about today, but the intro, it's interesting Ah, you all get it anyway. Let's be honest. We're human. I'm pretty sure if I sat you here too, you'd probably be like, what do I even say at the start? Let's talk about essential oils. Let's talk about, you know, let's talk about how expensive flowers are. I want to buy myself flowers for Valentine's Day because that is some self-love that I will take any day. It doesn't have to be Valentine's Day. But they are so expensive. Why? Why? I am actually going to go out, buy myself some seeds, plant them. And when those flowers grow, boom. Because that would be cheaper. It's insane. It booms. I swear flowers just never were this expensive. I'd see them like all the time and now no one buys them because then they're like oh have you seen that bunch it's tiny it's like nine dollars i'm like yeah i know let's just go buy a tub of ice cream anyway you get what i mean they're expensive i think you can agree with me on this some of you are probably buying like over a hundred dollar roses two hundred dollar roses that's some dedication but i must say it's worth it for the right person it is it is I'm getting stared at by one of my dogs as I'm saying that. They're kind of looking at me like... I sometimes wonder what they're thinking. What they're thinking. Gosh. My words. I wonder what they're thinking. Half the time when they just stare at you, they're thinking, hmm, potential moron. Or, hmm, potential smarty pants. Like, ooh, my human talks a lot one of them it's one of them I know it I'm gonna go with the talk a lot one because I talk to them back I'll be like hey Myla you're staring at me what are you thinking and then I just do like a full intro in what's it called inter interflow like a full acting thing of what they're saying anyway to the topic what I'll be talking about today um I probably just screamed in the mic so don't have your volume up too loud. I might even put that in the bio. Because I have moments where I don't realize that I'm moving in and out of the mic. So I don't want to blast your eardrums. Um, just a little FYI. You know. I posted this on TikTok. And I thought that this would be a great podcast conversation to have with people. Because I know people can relate to this. And frankly, it grinds my gears. The, uh, what do you call it? 
like the aftermath of it, the consequences of it. You know, I'm going to be talking about the no patience for people, people not having patience for people. Like I said, I made a um, video about this on my TikTok and I just thought, wow, this is, I've always thought that this was such a massive topic within itself, but actually speaking about it, a lot of things come up and I thought, this is bigger than what I anticipated because my experiences through school, through people and through the workplace says a lot. You know, the expect, the unrealistic expectations that we have within the society, there is so many and they are really unrealistic because it's created to fit one persona, like one person, like the body type, body structure, beauty standards. They are literally created, right, with features for one person to have and then that beauty standard is forced upon every single individual to look like this one beauty standard to look like this one person how freaking ridiculous does that sound that is the most absurd thing that I've ever found out well one of them I should say but it is absurd and it's the same with this perfection standard of turn up to your first job the first day Be trained for probably 10 minutes. Don't ask questions. After that, just do it. I'll watch you and you just do it. And then ridicule you if you make mistakes or if you ask questions. Or if by the next day that you come in, you don't already have it or know what you're doing, then you're behind. There's something wrong with you. You know, I know people that learn this like that. That kind of stuff is what I'm talking about. Those people that learn quickly get so praised, get put up on the hierarchy, just like those that get good grades and stuff. And I'm not saying anything bad towards those that do, but I'm going to speak up for the fact that I think that that is the most ridiculous thing that we have within society. Actually, again, one of them literally placing people on hierarchies and then talking about mental health and saying, why is it so bad? Why do we have such a high statistic of those with mental health? I wonder. I wonder. You're literally telling people if you're not like this person, then you frankly aren't a human being. You're a fucking dumbass. Like, who are you? Are you a valid member of society? Because frankly, you just got D's throughout your high school time and you take like two, three weeks to be trained for a register. What are you? Who are you? Like, you should be getting this stuff within five minutes of me training you. You should be getting A's because, you know, number equivalence to your worth. And I definitely know that there's people out there that agree with this and they say, well, yeah, you should learn pretty quick. You should know your stuff. You should know what you're doing. You're an adult. You have a brain. Use it. Maybe you're just not listening. All these things get thrown out by people that are so used to the way that society has constructed the system, right? But... Let me be honest with you, right? If the system was as good as what some people make it out to be, then a lot of the problems that we face, including high levels of mental health, high statistics of mental health, wouldn't be so high. We wouldn't have so many issues that we have in this day. People complain that more people are speaking up for change 
um, they're not doing that for no reason. This doesn't trigger people to do this for no reason. It's like me. I didn't really just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'd like to go through all these traumas and all these experiences just because. Yay. Happy meal from McDonald's afterwards just to feel better. (laughs) That turned into emotional eating. (laughs) I did not sign up for that at all. But what I'm referencing to this as well, having no patience with people, is the fact that I remember as a child how many adults had no patience for me and for others, my siblings as well, meaning that as children, Adults are that consumed with the adult world that they have no patience for the child world. That's one thing. When you have no patience for the child world, how can you actually fully relate to that child? And it's not a fault. I want to make this very clear. This is not a fault on parents. Society has created it to be that way where you lose your inner child. Because you do, you have pills, you have so much to worry about, you have work, you're constantly working like six days a week, some it's five, six, seven, you're constantly going, going, trying to focus on surviving. Most adults are in survival mode, forced to be in that mode because of some structure that was created for reasons that I don't really fully understand, but I know that can be changed. Because unless aliens come down and said, if you change this social structure, then we're going to end you, then I don't see a reason why this can't shift. I don't see a reason why we can't keep the ball ball rolling within the change that's already been created. Because frankly, a lot has changed in the last three years, I'd say. A lot of things, and I've seen it. The way that people are parenting, people are more vocal about things now. We have people coming out and feeling more confident to do so. Groups created, communities created, so much is going on. A lot of openly talking about mental health and emotions and racism. There's so many conversations that are being had and they're not being had for no reason. I don't believe that things literally just happen out of thin air. I believe that there's a reason for this because there needs to be a shift within the realities I think we've all gotten very comfortable with the way that we were, but yet society was so suffering at the same time, but we were too comfortable. So we needed the shake-up. I'm not talking about COVID either. I'm just talking about society in general, with people coming out, with people speaking out, with people telling their stories. More communities banding together, people changing the way that they parent, people healing. There's a lot going on. I won't get too much into the political side of things, but what I was saying, as a child, there was no patience. And then hitting into into primary school, basically saw it at a wide view, right? Teachers projecting that I don't have patience sort of analogy 
at any student like myself that didn't fit the hierarchy, that didn't fit the way that you were meant to be painted from society, meaning that high grading, silent, um, cooperative child that just did as he or she or they were told and that's it. Silent and good, good behavior, right? That's the thing that's very preached. You get your good grades, you remain silent, you do as you're told, you're cooperative and you don't speak up, you're a good person. Good job. Here is your Christmas tree. (laughs) Here is your bottle of $2 perfume from the apparent $2 shops that we have here in Victoria that are actually not $2 shops but range over $50 and more. But anyway, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of memories that revolved around negativity as a child. I should explain, and I have explained this before, when it comes to trauma, right? I was diagnosed with complex PTSD and depression, anxiety, social anxiety, body dysmorphic disorder, eating disorder, binge eating disorder, I should really say, right? I have very good memory. Some people, and I think it's actually more that people forget. But for me, I remember everything. I remember a lot of things. And I've had a lot of people say to me, you remember stuff like that? Yes, I do. I used to consider it a curse. I really did. I used to tell people I was cursed with good memory. Because I swear, majority of the stuff that I remember, I don't want to remember. But I had to grow with an acceptance that it's good that I remember this because then I can heal from it and I can actually start to open this up to remembering the good times because there were good times. Anyway, I've said that. I do remember literally just struggling. I'd gone through a trauma at such a young age, at seven, and that changed me. I didn't go to school as much and also my health at that time I was a severe I was a severe asthmatic and also had eczema on the top of that so trauma asthma and eczema my beautiful child self she went through a lot of shit at such a young age but um that caused missing of school like I said And that also caused me to fall behind. But even before that, I still struggled. I wasn't at that learning level like other people. And I knew that too. And as I progressed through the years, you know, and attended school a bit more during the times of like, I think year four, year five and year six, um, You know, I realized that there were moments where they would keep me in for lunch or I'd have to stay behind while all the other students got to do stuff. Or it'd be me and like three other students just sitting at the table having to redo an essay because, you know, for me, I'd done it wrong like five times and I just couldn't get it. And it just wasn't explained to me in a way that I didn't understand. And as a kid as well, who was not someone that spoke up, especially because of the trauma, I just 
wasn't someone that spoke up. You know, I used to ask questions now and then, but I would be met with something that didn't help. So I, I think I was pretty much done after that. Kids are smart. I don't care what anyone says. If there's one thing I know is that within the memories that I have is I was pretty damn smart to be able to make decisions like that of saying, you know what, I'm just not going to. And it was different wording, but I really just silenced myself to protect myself from the people around me that were showing me otherwise that I just felt like I couldn't trust. And I think once you go through trauma like that, trust is broken, especially as a child. You know, when you tried to speak up, that also gets broken. So I am telling you this as well, because if any child is seen as problematic, problematic, there's reasons. I don't care what anyone says. There's reasons. They might seem like the most troublesome child. Oh, they're a headache. They're this, they're that. There's a reason they weren't born that way. I know it's hard for people to have patience with them, to tolerate the behavior. And there's a point where you shouldn't tolerate it. I know that. And I can add that boundary in there. But there are some that literally are just suffering, are hurting, and they're just children. And they do not know how to cope. They don't even know what they're feeling. A lot of them don't get this education. You don't get this education in school. You might hear about it more these days, right? But there's no subject that's dedicated to this. And if their parents aren't teaching them because of things at home or whatever it is, they have no idea what's going on. And even if they hear, like if they go to, um, let's say, someone comes to their school, school and speaks about it, that doesn't mean that they're going to understand the information. There's so much to this within psychology especially when a child's suffering. Does the world matter when they're suffering in the inside? Because their minds are not coping with what's going on. There's so much more than just labels of problematic or dumb or never going to achieve anything, potential failure in life. You know, and I grew up within those labels Because I was one of those children that just was left behind. And that's the saddest thing. And that's such a traumatic thing to put on a child. And it really makes me wonder, like, how many other children that are now my age or older have literally gone through it, but grown up still without a voice, without anyone to really prove to them that they're not behind, that you're not dumb. You don't need to be at the level that everyone else is or that others are. It it really just does make me feel a certain way hearing about so many things that happened, even in my own past, my parents' past, like grandparents, just so many things that occurred within the years, things that still exist to this day, and it's hurting human beings And people validate it. That confuses me. But anyway, moving through. Oh, I remember grade six. Grade six, grade five as well. Okay. Obviously, I was heading into a point 
of experiencing harder mathematics, harder subjects. And I was struggling to the point where it was really mentally affecting me. I was already mentally scarred and I was just getting worse at that point. And it was taking a toll just realizing that I don't learn like everyone else. I don't know what everyone else does. Like, no, they get awarded and commended and they get so much praise. Why can't I do this? Why can't I get to that level or this level? It was a lot of mental, mental anguish. But. But, you know, (laughs) one thing I do remember is grade five or six, one of them. The teacher actually put up a board with everyone's names and all the times tables. You would have to go to this teacher, not saying any names or anything, and say your full times tables. And if you didn't then you would have to do it over and over again. Now, may I, may I just say that this board was basically a hierarchy of, oh, look, who's in front and who's behind. And that was on show for the entire class. That was, I, I can even remember the anxiety. The anxiety that I felt. You know, it was not a push Right. People can people consider this stuff as a great thing. Oh, yeah, that would have pushed you to learn. Um, No. (laughs) Yeah, it did. But you know what it also did? Created a fear structure, created a people pleasing slash anxiety structure within. I already had fear of teachers and school in general and work in general. Everything was an anxiety because school to me was survival mode. I had been in survival mode for such a long time. That was my life. So it was a constant anxiety. And this on top of that was even more. And I remember that I wasn't the only one feeling this. It was humiliating. It was humiliating. And then there was another time when I was called up to spell something on the board And I couldn't spell it. And I got shredded for it. And I just broke down in the classroom. Sat back down on the floor. Student told the teacher I was crying. The teacher didn't really give a a shit. (laughs) I remember, I'm pretty like 100%, I'm 100% sure. Because I'm literally picturing the memory right now. This teacher turned around and said, well, she better learn her her English then, her spelling. And then she won't be in this position. Ah, core memories right here. Top memories. Top memories. The humiliation and anxiety that came from a place where you're meant to be learning about the elements of life and how to survive. And like about society and history and that. But instead, you come out with anxiety, depression and a whole lot of people pleasing. If I had a button on this, I would literally push that. I know if you, I don't know if you've heard this, but that thing, emotional damage. I would have clicked that right now and it would have played emotional damage. Because that's what I got from school. 
just that. But it got worse in high school. Oh, I just thought I'd be okay, you know? No, 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 no. That was really preparing me for high school. I moved on to high school and it really just went downhill from there. Even more downhill than before. Obviously things got harder and a lot more intolerance, a lot more intolerance and a lot more yelling and ridiculing and judging. Oh man, the amount of times I had to stay in class because they wanted to have a talk with me. My grades were never great. You know, I just was in constant survival mode every day. I couldn't actually rock up to school some days because I was just basically puking beforehand because I had that much anxiety and if those that can relate know when you get anxiety to that point it puts pressure on the stomach like it's that type of anxiety where it's like squeezing your stomach and you just feel so nauseated like I said school was a survival for me that's all it was it was constant survival mode I felt like I had to do whatever I could just to make it through but I wasn't living. It was the most traumatic part about it is that I was not living because I was constantly met with those that never had time to understand. And it made me, it actually started the process of me lashing out. I became one of those problematic students where I would talk in class. I hated being told off though. I hated confrontation. So I was kind of rebellious, but at the same time, terrified to be rebellious. You know, I wouldn't do my homework. I gave up, basically. I only had one teacher and I still remember this person to this day. And, you know, I've literally wanted to thank this person so much for trying, just for trying. Because that teacher did try. First time in my life. First time in my life of attending school. Someone actually saw behind what was put in front of them. May I just say, because I know what people are like. This is not about expectations or anything. It's just the fact of realizing that every single one of us as individuals have our own shit, especially children, adults, and understanding the psychological simple facts that what is presented in front of you isn't always the picture. And I know what it can be like within school. Trust me, I know. I know what students can be like. And there's so much to this. But in general, the patience... If you choose to work with people, if you choose to work with people, say it a million times, you need patience, even when they don't have patience. I know how hard it is and it's testing, but trust me, it's more mentally damaging to them to not give them that patience, to project because you've experienced bad experiences with others. I know this is a massive thing and I know people can come up with a million reasons why because of bad students and bad behavior and 
this, people have been assholes and others are intolerable and they project it on you. I get the reasons. I get the reasons, but the whole point is to break the cycles. If no one's willing to break the cycles, then honestly, we're just going to keep complaining about this, but nothing's going to change. What's the point of that? One teacher showed me that at least someone could actually understand. It was never about, I was never a naughty kid or anything like that. I just didn't know how to cope and I didn't know how to survive in this place, even in life. I didn't know how to survive in school. I didn't know how to survive in life. I was just hurting. I never called teachers names. I never was so naughty that I would start, you know, throwing things or just, it never reached to that point. And even if it did, that would be pure hurt right there. But it never did. It was never like that. It was purely having breakdowns in class, having anxiety attacks in class, not rocking up, not being able to do my homework, talking, used to get in trouble for that. Sometimes even deliberately being late, getting PDs from that, principal detentions for being late. Most, like every single time I was being late, once for makeup, but that's legit nothing. But people legit turn to that straight away when they hear this kind of stuff. Well, what were you like? I know exactly what I was like. I know exactly who I am. And I know exactly what other students are like. And the fact that a lot of them just don't know how to cope and process with what they're going through. And then what they go through at school as well. On top of that. But moving forward, I obviously left school in year 10 and I hit the workplace. Actually, I actually got a job in year 10 at work experience and then experienced the workplace for the first time. And again, the expectations were there and I was such a slow learner. It was so much. I can't even tell you the anxiety. And then dealing with customers that feel that they have this level of entitlement was also a different, was another learning lesson, was another uh, experience as well. I remember a time when a lady said, you, you should know. And I literally had a, um, they used to give you a tag that said like, um, oh, I can't fully remember what it said but it basically was stating that I'm in training basically but it didn't exactly say that and it literally was there and I was going to ask someone else for assistance because I wasn't sure and why would I direct you to the wrong place because then you'd get annoyed even more so I'm going to ask a, a second opinion to make sure that you go to where you need to go but instead I was crucified by this person who thought that I should know everything at that extent. And again, I know people are going to say, well, that's the expectation when you work in a store. But is it though? Is it? Because I don't really know the material of every single piece of clothing in that store. Like, don't you think the expectations are very unrealistic to this standard that they go at in society? Because I've seen literally people say, well, it's a flex when you can go to a job, train for like 10 minutes and then get it straight away and you just know everything. Like in the movies, they paint the picture of this person that comes in and just knows everything. And I bet there are people like that. 
But I say people like that, not the full load of um, humanity. Just people like that. 100% there would be. They get put up on the hierarchy. That's just the way it always has been. Anyone that presents with that silent, cooperative, I don't even know if I'm saying that word, cooperative, cooperative, <laughs> cooperate, cooperating, ah, uh, whatever it is, someone who just falls in line, has the great grades, literally puts themselves in a position where they achieve, achieve, achieve because of whatever reason. They get put up on that hierarchy and they get the praise. And you know what? That's fine. That's all good. I'm not mocking it. I'm not making fun of it. I think it's good because I know what that feels like in terms of just feeling good about yourself. Feeling like you achieve something, especially when you've been through a lot of shit. But I think it's wrong to put people on a hierarchy above others when we're all equal. We're born on the same planet. We literally, like, have kidneys, livers, like, we have hearts, like, we all are functioning human beings, aren't we? I, I don't know what I was going to say. Personally, I personally, I personally don't see the need for some hierarchy. And I think because I've seen the damage and felt the damage is why I really believe in that. It does good for those that need that in their life. What about the ones that also deserve validation just for just for being here? Not because of their grades, numbers, or what they give to society, or their ATAR scores, or how quickly they learn how to do the job. Just from being who they are, being a human being is validating enough. That is, in turn, the patience that I'm talking about. Breaking down this unrealistic standard that you need to have everything organized, settled and known by a certain amount of time. And I bet there are people that are saying, well, my job needs me to do that. I'm saying it's unrealistic. You're going to have people that might need more time. They should be able to ask questions because this was one thing as well. Not being able to ask questions. Honestly, I'm going to ask questions. I'd like to do the job, right? I'm going to ask questions if I need to. Why do I have to feel anxiety over asking you questions because you can't tolerate answering them? Or some reason you believe within your own entitlement that questions means that you're a dumbass and that you don't know what you're doing. Obviously, that's the point of training. You want people to ask questions. You want them to engage in the position, ask the questions, even if it's the same damn question, who cares? Is the point that they're engaging, they're present, they want to know. But too many companies and businesses ridicule people for asking questions. That dumbfounds me. That dumbfounds me. I think we normalize too much of this stuff and flex it too much. When seriously, if you think of the toll that it's taken on you, um, do you people please? Do you feel anxiety when things don't go right? 
Do you not cope when things don't go right? Potential OCD as well. Everything has to be perfect and it's not how do you feel. It's not about diagnosing anyone. It's about understanding the toll. What is the consequence of it? That's what this is. What is the consequence of people not having patience for other people? What is the consequence of unrealistic standards? What's the consequence of beauty standards? Massive consequences. All you have to do is look at the numbers. All you have to do is literally have conversations with the people around you. I swear, we all relate more than we think. We can all relate to a lot of stuff. I have literally met people and from completely different backgrounds and yet our stories can relate in some ways. And I think, wow, wow, you know, we're human beings, we're connected. It's purely what I believe, yes, but I don't know why people believe that we need to suffer in order to live on this planet, in order to survive, why we have to be in constant survival mode and why that's normalized. Because I've been in survival mode since I was a child and that was the most traumatic thing. You know, I have traumatic events that have occurred, but the survival mode... That took over and I did not know how to live any other way. And it's taken me understandably time to, to basically change that system. And I still find myself heading back into it. It's like someone kind comes up to you and you put on the whole armor and you bring out the swords and you're ready to fight them. And they're looking at you like, um, I literally just want to give you a cupcake. And you're in survival mode, ready to fight them. And then you're asking all these questions about that cupcake. Is it poisonous? Does it have nuts in it? Is there fruit in it? Who puts fruit in a cupcake? Why is there fruit in the cupcake? I'm adding a bit of humor into that. But you get what I mean. That sucks so much. It sucks so much living in survival mode. But so many people are and I see it. Even people that don't even know that they are. When they talk to me, or they, I, they tell me their stories or how they're feeling. I can hear it. Again, because I'm someone that lived in survival mode, I know what it is. When people are walking down the street and they literally look like the world's on their shoulders and they're on their phone and they're doing this, they're doing that. They are literally just trying to like get everything done and get everything organized. And then they're freaking out and then you can hear them say, I am just not coping. Like, how do I keep doing this? And they keep going anyway. Survival mode. I just think that reevaluating how patient you are with people is one thing to help within society. And not even just society, but yourself. Since I started reevaluating my patience, I have so much more for myself within how I heal, how I do things. If I need excess, excess. <laughs> If I need excess time on something, then I'm going to take excess time because last time I checked, I'm living my life and I am not going to have the same learning experience as someone else or be at the same level as them. I didn't get the life to even do that, to have that. My life and my childhood was not accommodating to that. I had to survive and I did that. 
right? And that's just gotten me to a point where it's like, you know what? If they can't have patience for me, I'm going to have patience for me because I deserve that for me. I have lived my life this way, bullying myself because society bullied me to believing that I was not worthy enough to survive and live on this planet because I didn't meet the hierarchy and the standards that they have. I am not going to fall into that. I'm going to validate myself and support myself. And anytime I'm faced with a challenge like this where someone else is impatient, I am going to be the support for myself. I'm going to be the patience for myself. And I'm going, if I need to state that, I'm going to state that. In a kind way, but I'm going to state it. I don't go by their timeline, especially if I need to do the job right or if I want to do the job right. And I know how that sounds to some people, but that's that that's the way it is. And I bet there are some that are going to say, well, you're not going to get a job then. The companies thrive from the workers. Okay, that's that's reality. They need employees. And if you can't accommodate all your all your employees for each of their learning abilities, then frankly, you're just creating that unrealistic illusion that everyone is one person when that is not a reality. Not living in the reality is what's causing so many people so much pain. That was a 40 minute conversation. So the last thing I'm going to say, um, I think this is a really important one anyway. Last thing I want to say is, this is just some guidance to consider how patient you are with people. How patient are you with yourself? And to realize that just realizing this, if you get to that point, is the first step. And it's a big step to make. Realization is so underrated because it is massive when you realize these things. When you realize, oh my gosh, you know, my, my daughter, she struggles to speak and I never have any patience to just let her try. I need to start at least implementing small steps into opening that space up for her. You know, it's the things like this within thinking, evaluating, realizing that make the biggest difference. So this is the guidance. Think about where you're not having enough patience with people or yourself. Start with yourself. Honestly, that's fine. Start with yourself. You know, start having patience with yourself more with things. And then prioritize that within your life. Just start somewhere. Because like I said, this takes a toll more than what people think. Like a lot of other things as well that I speak about. And if we can try something to change it, something small, doesn't matter, doesn't matter about the size, something, that's something for the future, that's a change for the future. If you made it to the end, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that whatever day it is that I'm posting this, that you enjoy the rest of your day. And again, thank you for joining.